The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Juno. Dieppe. Ortona. Korea. Canada remembers. The 630 Chad Afternoon News remembers. Well, Remembrance Day services will be taking place across the city on Sunday, including the largest one indoors at the Butter Dome. Representing this year's Silver Cross families is Lisa Scamahorn Eads, whose husband Sean died in Afghanistan in 2008. And Lisa joins us in studio this afternoon. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, first off, we're sorry for your loss. Thank you. Can you tell us what it means to to be the person, to be the family, to, to, to lay a wreath on behalf of those who have lost a, a loved one in service to their country? Well, to me, having two young children at the time, honestly, a lot of it is Sean's legacy, you know, to bring that forward and to carry on with that. And for my children to still see, you know, how important that is. Um, and also for others to see, you know, what we've gone through and that it is a young war, you know, it isn't, you know, many, many years old, such as World War One and World War Two, and just to bring awareness to it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Sean. I want to know about your, mm-hmm. your husband. <laughs> well, Sean had a very infectious smile. <laughs> he could really make people smile. They say he has a big toothy grin, which he did for <laughs> sure. And my daughter, Brianna, got that from him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he uh, was a very A-type personality, which got him very far in his career. And and uh, he was a black belt in jiu-jitsu, which he was very proud of. And he uh, would often teach unarmed combat to his troops. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just was a really great partner. We meshed really well together. And he was my yin and yang. <laughs> How did you meet? How did we meet? Well, I think... If we that's met- any of our business. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. We met, I think, how a lot of other people met. We met in a club, mm-hmm. to be honest. We yeah. did. And uh, his friend was, you know, trying to bother me. And he told his friend to get lost. And <laughs> and the rest is history. And with a black belt in jiu-jitsu, yeah. they got <laughs> Why lost. Not, eh? Exactly. And, and what was his job? What did he do? His job was he was a combat engineer. Um, so that entailed a lot of things. But what his specific job was, he was an EOD tech, so Explosive Ordnance Disposal. So that involved a lot of mines, booby traps, landmines, all of that. So that would be disarming them or putting them together to figure out how they were made. So So in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, he was busy. Very. Wow. That Wow, like that's just to me that's a scary job. Very well, yeah, obviously, yeah. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean obviously. I'm just sort yeah. of absorbing that, uh, and I'm sorry, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, how did we lose Sean? We lost him to a roadside bombing, along with two other of his troops, and there was a fourth seriously injured. And and how? Take us, if you don't mind, to that day when. I guess somebody knocks on your door? Well, what happened was um, I was at work that day, and it was morning. This was August 20th, 2008. August 20th, 2008, correct. And um, I was at work that morning, and um, there was a mix-up. What happened was is Sean's commanding officer of his unit called my cell phone, 
instead of my work phone to find out if I was there. And he ended up talking to me. And they always say, he's the very last person you want to hear from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I asked politely, who am I speaking with? And he said, that's a fair question. He said, this is, you know, Sean's commanding officer. And I knew right away, you know, that that's what had happened. Because like I said, they say that's the very last person you want to hear from. Now, Sean was based here. He was with one combat engineer regiment. Um, And uh, this is where you were making your home and uh, you you were having your children. Did this was also his third tour of Afghanistan. Third in Afghanistan, and he served in Bosnia as well. As well. did or, you, Sorry, Kosovo. In Kosovo. Kosovo. Did you have those conversations before he went away, when he went on tour, about what to do if, what would happen if, what to expect if? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. We were that couple. We talked about everything, about what would happen if he, you know, if something terrible happened to him. We had it all laid out, what he wanted to happen with him, what he wanted me to do with the girls, what his wishes were. Um, We had all our wills and paperwork all put together, all done before he left. So, which honestly saved me a lot of heartache and making a lot of decisions that I wouldn't have had to make otherwise. Um, Do you remember anything specific that he said that got you through those days afterwards? Honestly, he always wanted me to make sure that I had a house and a swing set for the girls in the backyard. (laughs) Hmm. That's what he always wanted to make sure that we had and that we would always have. Yeah. As a dad, I'm sure it would have been very important to Sean that his memory remain uh, intact with his children, that he would want them to remember him. Is there ways that you do that? Actually, there is. We celebrate a lot of ex- a lot of occasions. We celebrate his birthday. Um, actually, we celebrate the date of his passing as well. We make it a celebration of life. And uh, we do different things depending on, you know, the children have grown up and depends on their age and what, you know, they want to do. We'll often maybe just go out for dinner. Or we'll, you know, let balloons go with messages or, you know, different things like that. But we do definitely, you know, make a point of making those days special. The girls were seven and four when Sean died. They're now 17 and 14. Yes, they are. Can you, you were telling uh, me, telling us a story about... Um, I think it was it was Naya's birthday was Brianna's it was Brianna's birthday was just a few days after Sean's death, and you often you know hear you hear stories about the way people support you through different things, and and your assisting officer wanted to make sure that Brianna's birthday wasn't always associated with her dad's death. Tell us what he did. Well. Brianna's birthday was five days after Sean's passing and my assisting officer wanted Brianna's birthday to never be associated Mm -hmm. with his passing so what they did is they had a great big Hannah Montana (laughs) birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and this was in Ottawa (laughs) this was in Ottawa during the time we were there um, going through everything and to this day, that's all she remembers is having this beautiful big birthday party at Chuck E. Mm. Cheese. Mm. So I'm very grateful that, you know, there were people out there that were that thoughtful and 
thought about these things and you know years later they've made an impact is is that where the support comes from other families where where when you have a loss like this does the support come from the support comes from here it comes from your units it comes from our our area um, when Sean passed away, they assigned what's called an assisting officer who was somebody from Sean's unit and they're assigned to you day and night. They're your contact go-to person and they support you and do everything with you. That's a great idea that it's from the same unit. You, yeah. You'd want to have somebody yeah. that somehow connects you to Sean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. wow. So Lisa, 2008, you're at uh, Trenton. You're in Trenton yes. uh, for the repatriation ceremony. It's, you know, the, the war had started, what, six years earlier. You'd been watching, I'm sure, you had been watching the news coverage of, you know, the ceremonies that had happened in the, in the years prior and that, that highway to heroes, yeah. all of that. And then you find yourself standing there. It, it, it must have, I, I can't even imagine um what that was what that was like for you i actually almost passed out actually <laughs> just the the grief was so overwhelming but i didn't have the luxury of that i had two little girls that i had to take care of that were on either side of me that i had to hold up and they supported me in their own little way and we got through it and and that's you know i'm grateful for that now what strength, though, that you've shown and what a lesson that you've shown for your girls. Thank you. You know, I wanted to ask about that, too, and you're very good with answering questions, and I don't want to go too far with mine, but do you go through a period of, obviously you go through a period of mourning, do you go through a period of anger or regret, or do you start to think, I wish he'd have gotten a job as a garbage man? I mean, what do you go through? I go through silly things sometimes, like... I really wish he was here to shovel the driveway. <laughs> um, no, I don't wish that he had another job because that was who he was when I met him and that's who he was through and through and he would have never done anything different. Um, and as a family, we chose that that's what he was going to do and continue to do and we supported him through all of that. But yeah, I do go through angry times, you know, where it's just me and the girls and I have to do it all on my own. Um, and that makes it difficult. But, yeah, it's the silly things sometimes that get you the most. Well, you know, you mentioned that this is what Sean wanted to do. Is, I mean, I, and I know I asked you about Sean already, but um, is there anything that if Sean were sitting beside you right now, he'd want our listeners to know or that he'd want to say to, to just Canadians? Sorry, could you repeat that? It, just, you know... You said that Sean did what he wanted to do by serving. Right. But he paid the, the ultimate sacrifice for that. Um, is there, you know, I, I don't know how to ask the question. I, I guess what I'm asking is, is there just anything else about Sean you want our listeners to know or anything, you know, that Sean would want our listeners to know? That I don't think that he regrets what happened to him. I think that he knows that he paid the price and that it was worth it because he saved so many other lives in giving his life and making that ultimate sacrifice that he knew was always a possibility. And that's the type of person he was and that's how he led his troops. Um, 
that's what I take away from his character and the type of person he was. The girls are going to be with you on uh, on Sunday, helping to lay that uh, wreath on behalf of the Silver Cross families. Um, what have you talked to them about that? Um, I told them, you know, that sometimes we have a little bit of a responsibility to our community, you know, to make people aware of, you know, the families that are in our community and that, you know, we want to be part of all that and to lay the wreath in the name of their dad and, you know, just be aware. You're you're not alone, certainly, in Edmonton when it comes to... Um wearing the silver cross no unfortunately uh, not. no there's um there is um a number of obviously um spouses that have lost theirs and in afghanistan talk to me about to tell us about that that bond that you have with some of the other uh silver cross wives and and, and families and how that helps you when you maybe you're facing one of those tough times honestly the other Memorial Cross families that I have met and become close to are probably going to be the closest friends I have for the rest of my life. When you go through that sort of loss and tragedy that you share in the same capacity, you just don't have that with your friend next door or the person down the street. You just, for instance, my one friend, I said I could call her in the middle of the night no matter what, and she'd be on my doorstep to help me. You know, and I could say that for any one of us. So it's just that we have our own little bond, our own little group. And, you know, it's just, it's really important to us to have that, to have that support. Uh, you know, we've asked you about what it means to lay a wreath and uh, what it means to see a name on a wall or a plaque. What does it mean for those who are not involved in the military, for those families who, who don't have loved ones that served, to go to a Remembrance Day service? How significant is that to you and how important is that well i think it was last year the year before it was standing only i mean i think that our community is slowly becoming even more aware you know at the butter dome like there's how many people five thousand people that came up to 6500 i think yeah, it was last year yeah so that's a lot of people that are you know really learning to take part and to you know make give more awareness to the situation. And is that important to you? Very important to me. Yeah, very important to me. I have people coming up to me more and more now saying, you know, you've done it. It's <laughs> been 10 years now you've done it and your girls are grown up and what a great job I've done and that means a lot to hear. Lisa, before we let you go, I, I know oftentimes you talk about the support of a, of a community. You have your friends, you have that network, but the support of a community. And I, I was I was amazed when um, after the first um, deaths in 2002, and then every time afterwards, how this community, in my view, wrapped around our our um, Canadian Forces members. What do you want to say to um, those listening about maybe wrapping their arms around you, even if it was from a from a from a distance uh, in the in the months and the years afterwards? I just want to say that no matter how far away you are, 
no matter where you are, I can feel your mm-hmm. your support. And I know, you know, Facebook's a wonderful thing. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really is. You know, there's always those times where somebody just two little words, you know, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, even the odd phone call, you know, people you may not have seen for a while, but, you know, they're still there and they're still supporting you and they'll always be there. Lisa Scamahorn Eads joining us this afternoon. She'll be laying uh, the wreath on behalf of the Silver Cross families and Memorial Cross families, depending on which area you remember that from at the Butterdome ceremony. On Sunday, her husband, Sergeant uh, Sean Eads, uh, died August 20th, 2008 in Afghanistan. Uh, Lisa, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your story and thank you for letting our listeners know about Sean and uh, and about the sacrifice that he made for our country. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.